0: That's me, gang. we're <laughs> it out there. Let's go real big. Yeah, You'll remember as we left the Invisible Master last night at this time, he was just about to pick his teeth with a pickle fork. As he turned and looked deeply into the fireside, he took a heavy breath, paused briefly, and said, Oh, gee... Which isn't the thing for invisible masters to say, but you know, it's after all cha cha ta 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 ch 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 cha 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 ta and the rooty tooth. Would you please bring me on my pig music? Bring me that real pig stuff. I'm going to I'm going to salute right now before we do anything, before we even get started tonight. Really get under the way. Just a minute. i got to get tuned up here. i got to tune my Hogan twanger up there. Let's see now. <clears throat> oh, cheap kazoo. Very good. Very good. And now, please, would you bring on my pig music? Yeah, there. watch it, wah, cha-cha, wa wa wah wah, woogie, wah sing it out, baby. That's the blue Ooh, I love the. Yeah, you ain't just a whooping baby. Wah dee dee, wah da doo dee, dee dee the wah, wa. wah 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 you ain't just a whipping baby what what All right, now we are going to salute uh, for a brief moment the pig in all of us I uh, you know once in a while when I'm just sitting around I'm picking my teeth, <laughs> that reminds me. Just a minute, <sighs> that's not bad. <laughs> Listen, I had an uncle that could that could uh, that could suck a molar. You get the most beautiful sound. Uh, it, it, had, it had a particular kind of cavity. How many of you have ever been to Bar Harbor, Maine? You ever been in Bar Harbor, Maine? Up there, the Acadia National Forest, well, they got a place up there called Thunder Hole. And Thunder Hole is where the ocean has worn away the side of the cliff that stands out over the sea. It's called Thunder Hole, see. And uh, the sea comes roaring into it, and then it goes out with a, a sound. It's called Thunder Hole. When, when the sea goes rolling back out, it goes... <laughs> Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I stood there and I looked at Thunder Hole for about twenty minutes, and I knew it reminded me of something. And then I realized what it was after about twenty minutes of good hard study. It was it was it was Uncle Carl sucking on his back molar on the left side on the lower. He's got a real Thunder Hole there. And then there'd be a pause, and then all of a sudden you'd hear. And out came that piece of cabbage he'd been working on for three and a half weeks. What a sense of relief and gratification would go over his face. You know? Well, I know it's in bad taste. What do you think life is? Well, bring on my pig music there. We're going to salute life a little bit. Just bring it on there. Rotten, launchy, hairy, scrunchy, crummy, sneaky, sweaty, gluttonous music. Well, man, well, I'd you. Wap, 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 wap. What, what, well, you. do? Well, you know, I'm sitting around sometimes just kind of kidding and fooling around like you do. No, no, there there are all kinds of philosophies of life. You can pick them up, you can lay them down. You can, you know, you can look at some of them, hold them up to the light. And others you can run through the parchment machine. Uh, others you can carve on brass doorknobs and... By the way, how many angels are dancing around out there on the head of a pin tonight, huh? How long has it been since you've located the basic source of the wellspring of the life existent force itself, huh? That calls for a wanging thing, or here it is. Gee, very good. I guess it's the Friday syndrome. Well, anyway, when I'm just pulling the rod and and things get a little tough, and the memos are drifting high up around the walls. The, the phone is ringing, and every time I pick it up, you know that kind of phone call where it, just just the way it rings, it goes, ah! and you know there's trouble. And I pick it up, and before I even get the phone out of the cradle, it's, it's not even off the hook. Already I go, ooh, the trivia, the crud, the little crumminess, Signing things, filling out things, clipping off stuff, making sure that this sheet is in and that sheet is out. It goes on and on, you know. And, and, and the world is filled with people that like that kind of stuff. Really, who love to see everything all neatly squared away and filed with little cards and little annotations. Do you remember a couple of seasons ago, there was this great ad on the radio, and um, and the announcer would come on, And they had an echo chamber, see, and the announcer would come on. Are Are you you prepared prepared for an atomic atomic Holocaust? holocaust? Well, the Atomic Holocaust Record Preservative Corporation now makes available a special atomic holocaust, a special sealed room in the mountains of West Virginia where you can store all of your records. So even if you are gone, your entire family is gone, the entire continent is gone. Even if the entire Western world is gone, your records will be saved. You remember that great spot? Don't you remember that? In the mountains of West Virginia? Well whenever that kind of stuff begins to gather up on me and begins to I take out one of my favorite books. Oh, it's a fantastic book. I have I have about nine fantastic books that if I were ever and I let my imagination go. See, if I were ever on uh, the proverbial desert island. You know, they always ask about if you were on a desert island, what book you'd take with you. Well, I've got about five great books I'd like to take. Uh, there's one particular issue of Spicy Western, which I would take with me. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I might take uh, a copy of the Q&A, Nilsson Horn on Q&A, and I'd sit there and ask myself questions and answer them. Now, that's a very ill one. There's only about six guys got that one out there, so I'll let that one lay right out there. Okay, Gag? I could just see guys guy saying, what, what is that? Where do you get that book? Well, that's one of my great books. And I love it. And I, I think I would take my Log Log desitrig Slide Rule. And I would sit there, and I would work out impossible equations. And among other things, I would take my most favorite book of all. I would take my Guinness Stout Book of World Records. And I'm probably the only guy you know who has one that's Morocco-bound that comes in a carrying case and is signed by three-quarters of the world record holders that are in this book. Now, if you've never read or come across the Guinness Book of World Records, it contains world records of the kind that you and I are interested in. I don't mean stuff like the greatest broad jump, uh, stuff like uh, the guy that holds the mile, but I mean like the guy... Uh, the record of the guy that's hopped off the curb the most Uh on one foot, the left foot, hopped off the curb the most on an empty stomach on the corner of Randolph Street and 63rd Street in Chicago. Just kept hopping. His, his record is in here. Have you ever wondered about that? Listen to it here. Now, now, give me give me a little of that sloppy, rotten, crummy music. I'll read. I'll tell you why I love this book. Bring it up there. Sing it to me, baby. Right in here. Sing it blues, boy. That's right. That's a blues. I love the. That is mankind. Yelling it out. la ta 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 dee Ain't gonna be stopped by nobody. Herasmatags. Burping and squirting around. Ta da da dee wa 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 You got it you're swinging tonight, Shepherd. All right, now here, here, here's the kind of records that I, I like. How many of you are interested in the world record hamburger eater? Would you like to know how many hamburgers were eaten at a single setting? And of course, part of the hamburger record is in this. Uh, it has to be done at a single setting. Uh, what, what, what do you think is the world record? Now, you can see why I would take this on a desert island. Each one of these records, as you read it, you can conjure up a picture of the dramatic scene as the record is being tried for. It's about to be broken, or at least the the, uh, the great trial, the record trier, is sitting down at the counter and he's about to go for the world's record. What exciting. Have you ever been, have you ever been at the garden or someplace where somebody's going for the world's record? I've been a place where they announce on the PA system. And now, Charlie Johnson will attempt the standing broad jump record. He is over on track seven. We ask you now to be silent while the world's record attempt is about to be made. And then you see that tiny figure running down there in the, in the sawdust and all the, all the world holds its breath and he goes higher and higher up in the air and then all of a sudden, <laughs> fantastic roar of applause and he has cleared the bar by a tenth of an inch and a world's record is set. Can you imagine the guy sitting down to bust the record in the hamburger eating world? How do you train on that? I suppose a couple of weeks on uh, boiled cabbage maybe might do it. And uh, he's training, thinking, clean thoughts. Now, they don't say whether or not he made the record with ketchup or not. And, uh, of course, that includes the bun, you know. A hamburger is the bun. Oh, yes, the hamburger is the bun and all. That's the hamburger. The hamburger isn't just the patty. It's the bun. The world's record, and we're going to salute him right now. Bring on my crummy, rotten music. That's right. This is the gluttony record. (laughs) That's the hog, the pig record, the slob record. The greatest recorded hamburger eater in the world is Philip Yadzik. And I bet he busted it in the diner. He sounds just like it. Philip Yadzik, of course, of of, uh, U.S. He busted the record in Chicago April 25, 1955, when he stuffed down in one sitting... Seventy-seven full-size hamburgers. Ah. Whoo, boy, come on, bring it up big here. <laughs> now, you see why I like this book? One line there, Skip, just one line, and it ki- it gives me the whole plot, it gives me the subplot, it gives me even a sub-theme on mankind himself. Now, how about this one? How would you like to know the potato chip record? Huh? Is he fat? What is the book? Oh, well, wait, I'll, t- I'll tell you about it later. Do you want to hear about the potato chip record? I think that's pretty good. Now, hold it there. Now, wait, don't wait. All of us, all of us have had that problem. You know, you go to a you go to a party, and, and there's a bowl of potato chips, and you start s- sticking potato chips in your trap. Would you like to know who's the world's greatest potato chip eater? Who holds the world's record? All right. The world's greatest potato chip eater was... Let's see. I'll bring me a little, a little music on that place. Okay. Uh, this was done by a student, Akim Akinola, from Nigeria, age 24. It was done at Manchester College of Science and Technology in England, February 28, 1965. Akim stuffed into his gullet 30 full-size bags of potato chips in just 29 minutes and 50 seconds without a drink. Now there's a potato chip hound 30 bags in 29 oh, minutes That's killing them, Dad yeah, that's it. Sing it to him baby oh, wow, 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 wow. Do you want to hear more of these records? Uh, oh, you want to hear the fattest man? All right, I'll give you the fattest man I The tallest man, the skinniest man The littlest man ever born You want to hear the littlest full-sized man that ever ran around? How about uh, the greatest beer drinker? That reminds me, by the way, speaking of slob... Oh, this is W O R A M and FM in New York. And in just a moment, we'll give you the world's record of the most beer ever drunk by a single human being who remained intact, who did not split right down the backbone and squirt out all over the street. Hit it there. Holy smokes. Oh, this is the live one. Let's see. Oh, yes. Miller High Life is one of the true premium beers that's known the world over as the Champagne of Baal Beer. I'll read these first. First brewed in a royal castle. Oh, this is going to be done beautifully. First brewed in a royal castle on the Danube, Miller High Life has been famous with drinkers for more than a century for its exceptional flavor and fantastic brilliance. Today, Miller High Life is a favorite in all 50 states, in over 50 foreign countries, Famous for the quality, unequaled, unquestioned, unchanging, Miller High Life's prestige and heritage assures you of the perfect refreshment every time because it is always the one true, total, overall, master beer of the world. Always moly, Miller High Life. Made in Hessville, Indiana. Oh, I'm sorry, made in, uh... What town is that? How do you pronounce that? Never heard of that town. Milwaukee. I guess it's one of them Hungarian names. Well, let's see uh, the greatest. <laughs> oh, we've got a couple of commercials here. We've got the Rover here. Would you let's let's do a little production for Rover? We haven't been producing these Rover spots. Will you please? Rover, Rover Schmover, Double, double Bober, Pipkins, all of a thee. A Rover, Schmover, Double Bober, Pipkins, all agree. R-O-B-E-R. Yes, friends, the Rover Motor Corporation of London, England, builds one of the finest automobiles that this world has ever seen. The Rover 2000. Say it to yourself. Rover 2000. Rover 2000. Rover 2000. R-O-V-E-R. Rover 2000. 2000. 2000. 2000. Yes, the Rover 2000. The Gran Turismo. A superb automobile. And we would be glad to send you a picture of the Rover. All you've got to do is send it to me. A postcard with your name and address, no matter where you live. Maine, Pitcairn Island. Makes no difference. Send your name and address to S-L-O-B... Rover, R-O-V-E-R, 1440 Broadway, New York, New York. Okay? And uh, that reminds me, we will be at the limelight tomorrow night with bells on. Let us sing out with them bells, please. Ding dong, ding dong, ding ding dong. Yes, Mr. Shepherd will be at the limelight tomorrow night from 10.30 until midnight wearing his bells. He will also wear his green tights. He is thinking seriously of wearing his fur hat. He will be there wearing his magic spring shoes. He will be there with his kangaroo pogo stick. And will do and will absolutely guarantee to do tomorrow night his fantastic underwater ballet. Beyond on it. What do you mean? Don't give me that. I did it last week. How many times you want me to do it? I'm sorry. It's not for kids. We don't broadcast that part. What do you expect? And if you can't make the scene down there, well, that's... Your problem. I mean, uh, if you can't make the scene, you can listen to it. We'll be immediately on after Lenny Bernstein and his big jazz band. What a jazz. Oh boy. All right. Oh, you want to hear some more? A couple of those more records there. I, I'll, I'll, then I'll tell you a story. Of, of uh, it's listed in here. I hate to tell you, I'm in the book. Yep. Um, let's see. Here's a guy. Yeah. Here's the most uh, the most prolific murderer. You want to hear the guy that killed the most people? <laughs> Holds the world's record? How's that for, a, how's that for an Olympic record? <laughs> and, and naturally, uh, it, it's, it's that fabulous town, that fantastic town where a man once danced with his very own wife. Chicago, Chicago, that fabulous town over as Matez. It was a Chicagoan. You know, Chicagoans are inordinately proud of that rat trap. They, uh, they do. I, I, I think the only city in, of, of major size in America where they have a yearly celebration in which 250,000 citizens march down the street. Skip, they do. They've got 422 bands. They've got the American Legion out, the Rotary, the Otters, the Oddsmen, the Indians, the Double Eagles, the Bird, the Moose, the Mice, the Rats, the Beagles, the Snakes. They're all out there with their badges and their plumes and their swords. They marched right down Michigan Boulevard with gigantic tapestries that read one thing. Thank God, I'm a Chicagoan. And uh, they are very proud of all their records. They are. And they should be proud of this man. He's the most prolific known murderer in crime history. Was a Chicagoan. And he was a South Sider, too. Probably a White Sox fan of his day. Herman Webster Mudgett. Born... May 16th, 1860, we salute you among the great figures of sport, uh, better known as H.H. H. Holmes. It has been estimated, now you see why I like this book? Sometimes when you're depressed, you just take it out and you just read one little paragraph and you can see a whole scene. You're, it's better than novels. It goes beyond any any kind of novel. You could, it's better than anything you've ever seen. It, it cuts Arthur Miller going sideways. Picture the scene now. You want to hear it? This is... Give me a little spooky music. How about a little Zen music there? We're going to we're gonna salute a real record holder there. A real record holder. I'm in the record book. I'm the holder of the world's most unbelievably recorded, embarrassing moment. It's listed right in here, yeah. If you've got the Guinness record book, you'll find me in there. In fact, it was so embarrassing that only because my lawyer got on the phone that they didn't uh, print all the detail. Bring that on there we are going to salute a record holder, a great human being in his field. And so tonight, we salute an American who holds a world record. We salute Herman Webster Mudgett, born May 16, 1860, better known to his friends as H.H., or Hot Hands Holmes. It has been estimated that he disposed of some 150, quote, paying guests in his castle, quote, on 63rd Street in Cottage Grove in Chicago. Later the, later the site of a fantastic roller rink that I used to attend when I was a kid. After a suspicious fire on November 22nd, 1893, picture this scene now. I'll, do it, I'll have to do it right. After a suspicious fire, on November 22nd, 1863, the castle was investigated. There they found secret passages, stairways, a maze of odd rooms, some windowless, some padded, containing hidden gas jets and mysterious electric indicators. There was a hoist two shoots, a furnace, an acid bath, a custom-made dissecting table, a large selection of surgical instruments and fragmentary human remains. And so, friends, that concludes our salute to another great figure from the world of sports of the past. This is a public service. Sport fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. And look, right down below, it says gang murders. Guess what? Guess what city owns that one too? Well, I can say, it ain't Pasadena. Now let's see. Do you want do you want to hear about the fattest person? The, the the really most fantastic fattest person. Well, let's see. Fat, 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 fat. 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 Gee whiz. Wow. Holy smokes. Here, I just going past here. Here's a guy lifted the greatest weight ever lifted by a human being. Six thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah, Paul Anderson, the Toko, Georgia, lifted the most stuff ever lifted by anybody. That's three tons. All right, fat, 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 text, fat, fat. Highest taxi fare, fat, 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 fat. It's listed here. I paid that one. Let's see, fat, 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 fattest, fat, fat, fat. Human beings, A, B, C, D, E, F, fat, fat, flea, biggest flea. Uh, smallest flea, angriest flea. Let's see. Fat, 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 fat. Fat. Hmm. I don't see how you can find th- it. Uh, it must be listed under something else. Because they must have the fattest human being. They've got the tallest here. Uh, see, now you ask me a tough one. And it's in here. Bats, biggest, smallest. Belfry. Most in. <laughs> it's listed here brainless record. Here's the brainless record. The animal with the least brain for its size. Guess what animal that is. It's listed here. Bookshop. Uh, cave. Cereals. comedian, Jeez. Human. Here we go. Now this might be it. Uh, here. Human beings. You can see why I like this. The biggest fish. The largest freshwater fish. Twenty-six feet long. In a river. Boy, that's a lot of fish. It's a giant Russian sturgeon. And the biggest one they ever got weighed 3,221 pounds. Here, uh, tallest human being, shortest, greatest, highest weight, heaviest human being. You want to hear the heaviest person? <coughs> boy. Get, get, uh, gee whiz, uh, do you have the sound of somebody eating spaghetti in there? We could play that. The heaviest recorded human being of all time was the six-foot-tall Robert Earl Hughes of Fishhook, Illinois. What is it with Illinois? Now, you see, you you know, people keep writing to me. I'm from Illinois. You know, I was born in Chicago, and people keep writing to me, and, and, you know, somehow they're, they're surprised that nuttiness comes out of the Midwest. Well, everything comes out of the Midwest, friend. It comes to New York. Or flees to Los Angeles, but where do you think it comes from? Fishhook, Illinois. He was an 11-pound baby. Weighed 378 pounds at the age of 10. His greatest recorded weight was. Give me a little music there to set that up. That's it. That's the packing it away music. Okay. Oh, 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 his greatest recorded weight was one thousand oh six nine pounds. oh wow! What are you saying there? He also he also possessed the greatest recorded waistline, one hundred and twenty four inches, or ten feet four inches. Got it. Oh, you can say that, baby. That's a lot of man, a lot of man, a lot of man. Okay, you didn't believe that, did you? However, uh, there is is a claimant of it, though. Uh, that is, uh, th- there's a uh, there is a, another claim that's been put in, uh, and uh, this is a guy from Carbon, North Carolina who weighed 1,132 pounds. However, that was not fully authenticated. That certainly is a lot of potato fat. I'll tell you. Now, you know, you want to hear about the most world's most recorded, unhappy, fantastic, uh, embarrassing moment that's in here. You want to hear about that? It happened to me? Do you? Well, um, all right, I'll tell you about it. See, I'm walking along 6th Avenue, it's in New York, and, you know, I'm just whistling between my teeth, I'm just walking along, see, not realizing that I'm about to be undone, but not undone by anything I did, just undone. I'm walking along, and I get over to this place, you know, where they got all these crummy little whoopee stores. You know those places where they have, uh, they call them novelty shops? <laughs> and, and there's always a record playing that comes out of this little skinny narrow doorway where it says, back copies of dirty magazines for sale in the back. You know that kind of shop? Or haven't you ever shopped? I, I know a guy used to do his Christmas shopping. Places like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they specialize in little plastic things that you put under the, you put these little things under the coffee table, you slip slipping there in your friends' houses, you know. And they're really surprised because in some houses there hasn't been a dog in there for 20 years. And <laughs> all of a sudden under the table, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, have you ever wondered about that kind of humor? That that kind of humor is never is never discussed. Whoopee cushions. You, you, you ever seen one of those work? One of the most unbelievable, embarrassing moments I ever saw came in an auditorium session when a kid... In the Warren G Harding School, stuck a whoopee cushion in the auditorium folding chair. You know, it's got a little, it's got one of these little little cushion on it. And he stuck a whoopee cushion under the folding chair that Mrs. Norton, our ironclad principal, sat down on when she came out to uh, introduce to us the auditorium speaker. And it was the most fantastic. Twenty-seven thousand kids went ape instantly. And uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Norton sat up there, her iron gray hair turned purple. She just looked down at us. <laughs> that's awful. Have, have, have you ever, have you, you know, kids go for this kind of stuff. And I can remember as a kid sending away to this place called Johnson & Smith. Did you ever hear of them? Well, that's a kind of, uh, well, that's a kind of trade house. So you, you can get a catalog. It's a kind of a trade journal for sadists. And you can get things like, uh, you know, the spyglass. You, you give it to the friend, you know, you give it to your friend. You say, look, look inside. there. Oh, boy, there's a picture in there you wouldn't believe. Now, now, uh, don't tell anybody where you saw this. And hold it up to the light. And he looks up there and he looks in this thing. And he's, holy, f-. he doesn't see anything. He looks at him and he says, gee, what's well, as well. And you say, well, you've got to turn the end. Turn the end. And he turns the end. And this end has a special little felt pad that puts an in indelible ink on, puts a black eye right around his, right around his old eye. How about it? How many times have you ever been threatened is secretly you felt that what you should do is buy from Johnson and Smith a cake of that soap that turns black when a guy washes his, hand his face in black? <laughs> I, I, terrible rotten stuff. Uh, I, I would like to see Dean Rusk one time, uh, in, in, a, in a presidential conference or something, or, or uh, <laughs> uh, this is just an awful thought it is terrible have you seen those things that you can put in in drinks ice cubes yeah well well there's an ice cube that you put in and it's it looks like a real ice cube you see no not the one with the fly no there there, there is an ice cube <laughs> there is there is an ice cube you can get that you you freeze it see and and the little thing inside of it uh, gets invisible when it freezes it and then when you put it in the drink, it, it uh, gradually unfreezes and a most indescribable rotten thing begins to show up in this guy's drink. It's not a fly. It's worse than that. I'll leave your imagination. Think about that one. It's awful. No, it's all right. Think of those things. And, and uh, have, you ever, have you ever, as a, as a kid, uh, ever had the, the insane desire to send for one of these things from the Johnson & Smith Company that says, Have X-ray vision? You can look, uh, you can look through anything? Well, I did. And I figured at long last I would learn the true secret of, you know, whether there was a stork or not or what. If I could get one of these things and uh, I got paid ten cents for it. <laughs> well, it's all life. I mean, it's a yard wide. Let's, let's salute a little of that life force there, that the guttiness. You want to hear about me on 6th Avenue standing in front of the Whoopi Novelty Shop, huh? You do Well, they've got things that you slip over whiskey bottles. Have you ever seen those? <laughs> yeah, baby, that's right. <laughs> They're made out of sponge rubber just awful. I I just wonder. Well, I'm standing there looking in, and this 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 guy that 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 I know, a very distinguished man. I don't know whether I should tell you this story. It's just it's just an awful story. I'm a little embarrassed to do it. Well, anyway, this guy comes along, and he's from the station, see, and he's distinguished. He's one of these people who looks just like. You know, in the second reel of the of the late late old bad movies, when you're watching an old Ronald Reagan movie, they were all bad. Ronald Reagan never made a good movie, and he, he'd probably be even a worse senator. But nevertheless, uh, <laughs> somehow so, so, well, I'd feel a little better with Jimmy Stewart. At least he he played a senator once. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm, you know that kind of scene, that kind of prison, in the second or third reel of a movie, that the rich man's. Uh, the rich man who is the father of the beautiful daughter that Ronald Reagan is now meeting, and he's tall, a six feet two, and he's got a big chest and a dark suit, and he's got a black tie, and he's got the silver hair, and he's got a couple of chins. That guy, well, we've got a salesman like that. And he really is official. He's extremely dignified. He's a little drunk most of the time. He's very dignified. And uh, just tremendous amount of dignity comes pouring out of this guy. Well, I'm standing there looking in the Whoopi Novelty Shop when I find this guy is standing next to me. He's walking. We meet each other, see? And he's looking in there. Well, it's kind of like looking in the Whoopi Novelty Shop with uh, Mahatma Gandhi or something. It's a little embarrassing. And he's looking in there, and I'm looking in there, and then he hits me in the back and says, listen, there's something I always... He didn't really say that. Well, something I've always wanted. Why, George? And we go into this Whoopi Novelty Shop. Well, I, at this point, I'm very innocent type. I'm, I'm the kind of guy who, who used to get a little embarrassed at the Strawberry Social at the Presbyterian Church because there's something a little obscene about strawberries, you know, and I'm, I'm just a little embarrassing. And so I go into the Whoopi Novelty shop, and he says something to the clerk, and the next thing I know, the clerk is bringing out the most incredible bath mat I have ever seen. I'll let you think about that for a minute. It is sponge rubber. And it is made out of something, well, it's sponge rubber, but it's natural, true-to-life color, this bath mat is. And uh, would you know, well, you know what it is that Playboy magazine specializes in, crowd? You know when that chick, Miss January, is looking out of the shower there and she's peeking around and you see her face? Well, you know, all those other things you see, you know, well, well, uh sometimes, you know, some of those chicks look like like about four or five hundred uh, beach balls having a fist fight, you know, and and, uh you know, well, this is what this this is what I, I'm terrible. I'm looking at this thing and that's what this map is made out of. It's made out of about forty five of them, see. And, and 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 the mat is about six feet by four feet. It's a big mat, you know, and it's pink and, oh, wow, you know, oh, you never saw such a bath mat. And he's looking at this and he's, why, yeah, so that's exactly what I want. Wrap it up. All right, and we're laughing it up there a little bit, and I don't know quite how to take this. I'm with a distinguished businessman, and they wrap it up, and they make a roll out of it, see. And the guy puts a piece of paper around it, just wrapping paper with a string. And we go down the street, and under his arm now is the most fantastic bath mat in the Western world. We are on our way to see a client in this jazzy little restaurant over on the east side. Well, we go into the restaurant. It's one of these dark places with the with the Muzak and the guy standing out there. And he says, oh, ah, yes, of course, uh, truly, more. Bon. Indeed he oh, how are you, gentlemen? And you give him $10, and he takes you to the table right next to the kitchen there where they squirt the water out at you once in a while where the guys are washing the dishes. You can smell the hamburgers burning and all. And we're sitting in the back there <laughs> with this crummy. You don't want to hear the rest of this. It gets more. But we better not. Hey, just so... No, no, no. I won't go any further because it's embarrassing, and I don't want to have to be coaxed. It's terrible. Suffice it to say that at a crucial moment, uh, when we were just about to close the deal. I, 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 he stuck it under the chair, Skip, uh, this roll, and we were sitting there, and suffice it to tell you that at the crucial moment... Uh, what are you writing, Lee? I better not... T- I, I just can't. Play me a little music. That's just a- too much, too much, please, too much. I just can't tell you what happened with that bath mat. I'll give you a hint. All right, now, baby, just be, just be patient there. That's all right. Gee, suffice it to say, that that uh, went... Uh, oh, please, don't coax me like that. Don't bite my ears. I'm, you know I'm a sucker for ear biting. Oh, gee was wow. Well, he got up and he started to leave. Now look, wait no, baby, don't push me now. It's a long life and we got to live it easy now. Gee whiz. Oh, gee I told you to stop fighting, here. All right, all right, I'll tell you. I got up, see. And uh, we're through. We've had about three martinis apiece. And I'm not much of a martini man. But my friend is a real good martini man. In fact, it has been rumored that he was one of the early developers of the martini. And not only one of the early inventors of it, he has been an evangelist of the martini. And he believes that the best way to convert the natives is by example. And so wherever he goes, well, he's had maybe eight or nine, maybe 15, maybe 20. Big, beautiful, sparkling doubles with a little twist of lemon peel. The extra dry, the beef feeder. And he gets up and he sways a little bit. And by now he's eight feet tall. He gets taller and more dignified as he laps the stuff up and I get shorter and my knee starts to wiggle cause I've had a couple see and I'm wearing, I'm wearing my sports shirt that's right <laughs> oh look I am not that sporty honey not at this hour of the night and I've got my, my, my favorite sport coat on it, which has got the little squares all over it, the twigs going out of the, out of the elbows and I get up, and he starts to go out, see? And this is the most fantastic French restaurant in the Eastern Hemisphere. And I see he's forgotten his package. And I reach down, I pick up the package, and I start to walk out with a place. And all of a sudden, the paper unwraps, and the most fantastic, most magnificent, the greatest bath mat in the Western world unrolled before 6,000 paying customers. Send it back there for a minute. And it rolled out like that, and I am now arriving up at the front there where the lady is, the French lady, the one that hands you your hat and coat is standing there. And she says, shall I check that? I said, no, I'm taking it out. It uh, yeah, I know, honey. I, I know it was rolled out. It was, it, it had grown. It, it, uh, there's something about sponge rubber. It doesn't shrink, it grows. And it was now 17 feet long, and it was about 30 feet across. Yeah. You're getting killed. You never saw anything like it. There were more. It was, it was that moment, I suspect. No. No. I can't go any further. I tried to roll it up. Have you ever tried to roll up sponge rubber, a big piece of sponge rubber made of, uh, imitation? (laughs) You know, you know what the motto of the company is that makes those? It's fun to run your feet through them. That's what the motto is. I'm just saying that. (laughs) I'm just telling you. It's not me, don't I? You can see why I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. This is an unbelievable one. Well, I started to roll it up. Yes, hold it up. Go ahead. Let me see what you want. Oh, well, that's another story. I'll tell you about the time my pants melted in Michael's pubs, in Michael's pub over on the east side. But this was the same kind of thing, and this thing rolled down and I rolled it up And then that doggone clown that bought it pretended it was mine. He says, what have you got there? In front of all those people, I says, what do you mean, what have I got? He says, what is that? He says, that can't be what I see, is it? I says, it sure is. You bought it. He says, what do you mean? I've never seen it in my life. Now, don't try to chicken out. I mean, every guy's got his hang-ups. ha, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. I stood there with, it wasn't exactly egg all over my face something else and I'm reading this thing up and it kept unrolling until finally the hat check lady came out and says here I'll wrap it up for you and together we rolled it up and put the string around and then we stood out in the sunlight me with the sponge rubber under my arms he standing there looking dignified saying "Oh I'll hail a cab and we rode back in silence to the office after one of those great instances one of those things beyond which man can rarely go. Now you see, you wonder why, you wonder why you can, as you look deeply into your moving voice coil of your radio speaker right there, you sense, you just sense the slightest edge of a man who has looked into the abyss, who has seen the depths, who has felt the hot breath of the flame. Who knows the sound of Charon's rowboat as it moves across the sticks? Yes. Ever since that time, I've not been interested in the, in the center fold out of the magazine. I've, you know, I've seen them and, you know, see one, you see them all.